welcome to the STEM Economy with your host, Matt Bender. That's right. Welcome to Scam Economy. And on this episode of the show, we're going a little bit bananas. No, no, no. We are not talking about Caesar and Cornelius and Dr. Zira as much as I wish we were. No, no. This episode is about the inferior chimps, the Bored Ape Yacht Club. These cartoon apes are being pushed in front of you everywhere. Why are celebrities like Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon promoting this stuff on The Tonight Show? Why are talent agents and music industry bigwigs signing up these apes as if they're real people? What's going on with these bored apes trying to get into the video game industry? Are they coming after Donkey Kong? They better not touch a single hair on my ditty. All that and much, much more as we dive into a barrel of bananas on this episode. But first, folks, I don't have NFTs to push. I'm not trying to make you buy any gorillas or pictures of gorillas or really a token connected to a link of a picture cartoon of a gorilla. No, 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 no. I am just trying to create this great content for all of you. And to do that, I'm asking for your support. You can support this show by going to patreon.com slash and becoming a subscriber. By subscribing to the show, you support me in everything I do, whether it's putting together another great episode of Scam Economy for you, whether it's putting together a episode of my other podcast, Doomed, for you all. Uh, really, you help support and make happen pretty much Every piece of content I put out there on the internet, podcast, video, all of it, is because of my wonderful patron subscribers. So once again, patreon.com slash Bender if you can do so. Subscribe to the show via podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Leave a review if you can. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, and I'll give you more ways to uh, find where you can uh, follow this show online, other than, of course, the website, scameconomy.com, at the end of this episode. But really now, we should get to the monkey pictures. And joining me now is independent <laughs> reporter uh, writing about NFTs and cryptocurrency, Amy Castor. Amy, thank you so much for joining me on Scam Economy today. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, it's a, you know, I'm really glad to be talking with you because, you know, I've been looking into, uh, you know, various, uh, uh, you know, articles and reports about NFTs. And I came across, uh, you know, you've been writing specifically about one particular NFT project, I think more so than, than anybody, uh, at least from what I've seen. And that is the Bored Ape Yacht Club. And this is mm -hmm. the, the biggest NFT project easily. I think when people you know, hear the word NFTs and their first question isn't what the hell is an NFT and they actually know what an NFT is, the first type of like project or visual that comes to their mind is probably Board Ape Yacht Club. Maybe cyber, uh, you know, the, the, the punks, but probably Board Ape Yacht Club actually. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, it's Yuga Labs and now they own the IP for the punks too. So they've sort of cornered the market on high value collectible NFTs. Right, right. So, you know, I feel like I, 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 this show is only about eight episodes in now. 
And so people mm -hmm. might be tuning in for the first time, not realizing, oh, what is what is an NFT? So I thought, you know, while I have you and you're, you know, you're such an expert in the field, how would you define an NFT? So an NFT is a non-fungible token, and basically it's a way to track assets on the blockchain, right? Right. Um, and, and fungible tokens are tokens that are, say, interchangeable, like one Bitcoin is, is one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. It's not about um, whether you own a Bitcoin or not. It's about how many Bitcoins you have, you know. Um, and a fungible token is something that's unique. It's a, it's a one-off token. And for NFTs, um, they're basically used to represent art. So what you have is you, you, you can't actually have the art on the blockchain. You have essentially a pointer to something that's on uh, a server elsewhere on the internet. Right. Right. And if that thing gets moved, then your, your NFT points to nothing. That's right. one of the downfalls. Right. And, and it seems like the art world, and I've seen you, you've actually written for a number of art outlets, like specifically, you know, outlets that deal with art news and, and fine arts. Um, do you have a background in, in art? No. <laughs> No, I just, you know, because no. you, you seem like you really knew that specific, because that is what like NFTs uh, sort of seem to be overtaking or co corrupting, I would like to say, actually, oh, the art world. I, I, I think if you look at the actual art um, that NFTs represent, in most cases, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's not really, it's not really blue chip art. <laughs> right, right. But the thing is, like. I feel like, especially with like, I guess like street art style, you're seeing a lot of these artists sort of uh, have an interest in NFTs now in terms of like, oh, I guess this is a, a way to, to make a buck. Like I've seen photographers who, who, who've started to put their photos on the blockchain to sell NFTs. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Shepard Ferry, the uh, o o Obama hope poster guy, you know, obey the obey giant, he's making mm -hmm. NFTs. It does seem like um, various different uh, sectors in the art community seem to be interested in NFTs. I don't know if they quite understand everything about it. I, I would doubt that some of uh, maybe some, some of them probably do, there's, but a lot of them probably there's don't. There's really there's not Matt. There's not a lot to understand, and I think that's that's part of the grift. Is is the uh, the cryptocurrency space has always had this issue of how do we bring actual real money into the space because because real money or money that looks like real money if you're thinking about some of these stable coins out there is what makes the the number go up and and in, in crypto it's always about number go up um, and uh, NFTs were essentially another grift another way to bring fresh cash into the crypto ecosystem. And what the crypto promoters came up with was this idea, and it wasn't new. There's nothing about NFTs that is new at all. Um, it's just another scheme to rope real money into the system. Um, and what happened was, is, is it, it had mass appeal. I mean, the story behind NFTs is, hey, um, you know, you can put your art on the blockchain, you as an artist, this is a way you can safeguard your work, this is a way you can make royalties by, by selling future work, and this is how we can track the original art, and, and look, this is really going to help you, so go out there, buy some Ethereum, and mint yourself an NFT, and put it up on, you know, OpenSea or one of the NFT marketplaces, and, you know, you can be like Beeple and make, you know, just become rich overnight, so that was kind of the 
the the flim flam behind it, you know. Right. Um, but um, there's nothing about NFTs that's that's new. Um, it's really about bringing money into the system, um, and um, it's it's like the the latest grift in the the crypto space. And I, I think that's all it is. If you look at really what an NFT is, it's just a pointer on a, a blockchain. Um, there's no way to put any of these assets that NFTs point to on the blockchain itself. Uh, even if you look at CryptoPunks, which is one of the really popular high-value NFTs, um, if you look at what's actually in the NFT, it's not even it's not even a pointer to um, the, the the punk that you own. It's just this compilation of all. <laughs> Right, I, right. I, I can't say it without laughing. It's this compilation of all the punks and, and, and all the punk NFTs point to that, you know, right. and I got to say, even... as someone with a, a background who came up uh, playing in punk bands and listening to punk rock, it is so annoying now that whenever I like do a Google search or something for something that relates to punk and I'm looking for some a band from back in the day and I have to use the word punk. And a crypto bunk, a crypto punk search query comes up. It's like, no, that's not supposed to be here. I'm not looking for that. You're you're polluting my stream here. I'm not looking for the crypto punks. <laughs> now, would you, um, you know, would you say that? Uh, would you would you agree that the board Yacht club sort of came out of nowhere and sort of took over what what the from the crypto punks who were probably I mean they came in much earlier before NFTs blew up and then it feels like last year out of nowhere and that's what makes me really wonder like listen there's you know, Matt they didn't come out of nowhere they came at the right time there you go um, and they came at a time when when NFTs were really 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 getting a lot of attention and NFTs started to get a lot of attention in in um, March 2020. I mean, <laughs> was it 2021? Now I'm getting confused. Oh, you talking about the, the when people the, when sell? the people sold. That was 2021, yeah. right? Pandemic uh, makes you feel like. 2021. I, I, I like it's hard to believe it was only a year ago, right? Right. Um. So so 2021 is when when it started getting all this attention. When all of a sudden, March 11th, whatever it was. Um, when this Beeple NFT, this this virtually unknown artist, he'd only ever sold things for his prints for like a hundred dollars. He he essentially sold his entire sketchbook, <laughs> which was like this compilation, um, an NFT linked to that through through Christie's, which is a big auction house. So people thought, well, if Christie's is selling this, and all of a sudden this guy comes out of nowhere, and and he can be the the third most valuable living artist, you know. And he's rich overnight. Then there must be something to this, you know. Right. So it was like this. And what people didn't understand that the Medikov and the guy—that's the name he goes by—he'd been pumping up the value of, of Beeple NFTs since October 2020, earlier that year. So, um, you know, and he was bidding against Justin's son. Um, so, so when that happened and all that money, it was like this huge PR thing. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, it was in the wall street journal and New York times and everybody was talking about it. So people thought there must be something to this NFT stuff. So that's about the time shortly after that, that, that board apes, uh, launched and they kind of were looking at crypto punks, which were uh, a collectible and a collectible, collectible, NFT. So there right. was like 10,000 crypto punks and punks 
the price is based on what they go for is based on um, r- how rare the different attributes are, right? Right. So that was kind of the the idea, and and they started selling for a lot of money in 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 early 2021. So so, um, Apes saw an opportunity. I mean the Yuga Labs is the company behind Board Apes. The, the the avatars for the CryptoPunks are really kind of very simplistic. They, they look like they'd come from a, a 1980s computer game, right? And um, the founders of uh, the Board Apes Yacht Club, Yuga Labs, um, they were clever enough to think, well, maybe we can have something that's a little bit more cartoonish, some art that's a little bit more appealing to the masses. So they came up with board apes, but the concept was the same. You have all these different attributes and some are more rare than others. And, um, so they, they, they minted, um, they, they sold all these, um, board ape NFTs at a reasonable price at the time, because punks had gone up in price so much that, 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 that that opportunity had come and gone, you know, when, when the, most of the people that are buying NFTs, I mean, a lot of them that bought into punks came from, um, top shop. Yeah. Um, and they were, they're, 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 they're traders, you know, they're crypto bros, they're traders and they're, they're, they're looking for an opportunity to, 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 to get in early on a, a project and that's sort of what, how many of them came over to, to, um, board apes, right? Right. They got in early and it's the people that get in early that sort of have any opportunity uh, of, of making any money off it. So, so your question was, what did board apes do right? Or were they, they, they came in at the right time, you know, with some interesting artwork. But at the same time though, there were other, you know, NFT projects, obviously it wasn't as, uh, you know, uh, a wash with all these different, you know, it wasn't overdone at that point quite yet, but no, there were other NFT art out, other NFT art out there. Then it didn't take off like Bored Apes. You know, it makes me feel like you know, what what did they, was there some sort of marketing push behind well, it? Well, they they they, money they, for they, they, didn't they tell offered to give the IP of the work to the NFT holders, and for some reason that appealed to people. They felt like maybe they could do something with branding or create derivative products that made a lot of money. Right. I mean, so, I, don't, I don't know how much you can do with all that. Right. Because um, don't they, but, wouldn't they still, I mean, yeah, you can do all that stuff, but wouldn't they still, don't they still have uh, like a, uh, I don't know, a, a claim over the broader like board Ape Yacht Club name? Like what can you possibly do with just this ape from an IP that you, you can don't... make a t-shirt, you can sell, you right, know, uh, like... marijuana and, and print apes on the bag. I don't know. You can make a, have an underwear line and, right, but you can't and, call it, and assuming print they apes on the underwear, but that might not go over so well if they, they realize right. how bad NFTs are for the environment. Now I'm not an IP, <laughs> I'm not an IP expert, but I'm assuming like they, if you can do that though, you can't use the name board API club, right? Because they don't, you don't, you know, that. I, I think, uh, you know, th- th- don't get too distracted by that. Right. <laughs> the, the idea was that there were a lot of big NFT investors that got in very early to board apes and they signaled, they signaled to other people that this was something and, and that was going to go up in value. So, um, uh, a bunch of people all rushed in and bought up the board apes for, uh, I don't know, maybe 220, $250 worth of Ethereum and got in early and watched it go up in price. Um, now it's gone up 10 times in price. And there's a problem with that, you know, you know, you can't keep saying number go up when it comes to NFTs because these things then become very hard to sell. How do you keep the market at, 
at uh, $200,000 worth of Ethereum, $250,000. That's very hard to do. How do you find buyers that are going to continually pay for more? You know, you can't do that. They're not going to go up 10 times again. They're just not going to. Um, so uh, what Yuga Labs has done is they've put a lot of money into, um, you know, let's start with NFTs inherently have no value, right? They're just like other crypto tokens where inherently there's there's no value that they don't really represent anything other than what you what you imagine they might be worth in the future right so um yuga labs is now in this position where they have to continually convince people that these things have any value so what they're doing is they're sort of uh you know blindly promising utility for bored apes, you know, that's going to get you into a party. You're going to it belong to a special club. I mean, they're like the Church of Scientology where they're getting these um, um, celebrities to uh, go and talk about bored apes on on, on television. Um, but there has there, now there's this huge effort. They, they've got to keep convincing people that, hey, this stuff is somehow worth money. Um, and, and they also run into the problems where they're not, they're not, there's no liquidity behind these. It's very difficult to find a one-to-one -one buyer. So what they then do is you, you create more NFTs, you airdrop them. Uh, so they give the holders other NFTs that they can, that they can then sell. And then ultimately what they have to do is create a fungible token that's going to somehow represent these, uh, these board ape NFTs, right? Right. And when you create the fungible token, then you bring liquidity into the space. Now you have a way for investors to come in, insiders to come in, and they're buying, they're, they're giving them actual money, and they're getting these tokens in return that they can, um, you know, that, that immediately lists on Coinbase. Because, for example, Andreessen Horowitz, which is now... Um, led the recent investment of 450 million into Board Apes. Uh, it has two directors on the board of Coinbase, the biggest crypto exchange in the U.S. And uh, you know, boom! Right, now you can get your money out of the project. And and what are what are what is ApeCoin worth? It's not worth anything. It's like every other token that came out. It's not really worth anything. It's all about the number going up. Now, there are, of this ApeCoin, there are um, 1 billion at the fixed supply, right? And there's about 131 million that are circulating now. If you look, 40% of that ApeCoin is traded on Binance, right? Uh, an uh, uh, offshore exchange, and it's being traded against um, Tethers, Tethers and um, BUSD, two stable coins with dubious backing, right? Right, so, let's print them up, right. Uh, you can see how it becomes very easy to manipulate the price of ApeCoin. So it, that price might be set in offshore exchanges, but then it, that's the price it's going for on, say, Coinbase. Do you think, do you think that that was, uh, you know, we got into ApeCoin uh, a little bit before or earlier than I thought we would, but let's let's go with it because I think this is really interesting. Do you think the the play once Board Ape Yacht Club the NFT project um, blew up? Do you think the play was immediately then in like their mind, Yuga Labs mind, that we need to now segue into this fungible token so that we can you know because it seems like there's a uh, even with the, you know, for Yuga Labs, there's a limit. They made their 10,000 board apes. Now, obviously, they have 
uh, they release other NFT projects that sort of uh, siphon off of that idea where they have like the mutant apes now. And I think there was like the, the, the they got like the, the dogs that belong to the apes. Um, right. And they have other all... NFTs. So right. people that hold board apes, they get perks. And one of those perks is, you know, like these derivatives or, or free money in the forms of other NFT drops, you know. Right. Uh, which were the board ape kennel dog NFT, the mutant apes, you know, I mean, so, and, and those they can then, you know, flip over and sell, um, on open for Ethereum. Right. But then, yeah. but, but I feel like, you know, they, they pro uh, do, do you think they view that, view that as like a limited thing? Because again, we got 10,000 board apes and they only get, once the original 10,000 sell out, yeah, they get the royalties every time it sells, but that's just. The I think it, I think it's hard to get the game go, to keep the game going. Right. You know, I think it, it. You know, it's hard to. There's not a lot of liquidity in high volume, high value NFTs, right? But once you kind of pair that with a uh, board ape, right? right. With a, with a, a fungible token. When you pair a non fungible token, a high value non fungible token with a a fungible token like ApeCoin, which is linked to a, a DAO. Uh, and, um, and now they have it with these games, then, then you can, you can, you can, you can sort of use that branding of board apes to, to, to lift the value of this token and then, you know, sell it to retailers, tell it, sell it to, to people who, who don't understand how this all works on, on, you know, exchanges. Now th this this is you know it's when they came out with the ape coin and then the the DAO that comes with that it was all so interesting to me because it's it really is like grift that funnels into grift that funnels to, it's literally it's it's like a pyramid scheme of of pyramid schemes right uh, you know it's it's you know so so let's get into actually this was a this was a major topic and and it, it came up how the the ape coins were distributed. And mm -hmm. um, let's get a little bit into that because we talk sure. all the time about so the, how the ApeCoin is an ERC twenty token that lives on the Ethereum blockchain, and um, and 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 what happens when you release a token? You know, um, well, you want to make sure it doesn't look like a unregistered securities offering, right? And so the way that Yuga Labs has done with this, and they've worked with their lawyers, and they've worked with A16Z, the big Silicon Valley, Andreessen Horowitz, the big Silicon Valley venture capitalists, um, and you know they've put a lot of thought about this. And they, what they do is, they try to, they try to come up with saying, okay, this coin is decentralized, right? Because what happened early on is um, the SEC kind of overlooked the Ethereum crowd sell and said at one point, well, Ethereum, Ether, the, the native token of Ethereum is so decentralized at this point, you know, we're, you know, it just, it's not really a, a securities. Um, so, so other token pro projects always seem to follow that and say, well, we're decentralized or, or this token has, has utility. Right. You can. It, this isn't just a token. It's not it's not a money. It's not a, it's not a share of our company. It's a utility. And you can use it in a game, you know, and an ape coin is also part of this uh, DAO. So what they did was and Yuga Labs sort of distanced itself 
from even the ApeCoin by saying, well, we didn't we didn't launch this this token. It was the Ape DAO. DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And it's sort of like this idea of this entity that lives on the, a blockchain and all decision making sort of happens on the blockchain. And, and the, the DAO <laughs> then relates to a fungible token. In this, co- this case, it's it's the it's the ape coin. Uh, I, I'm it's sorry. I'm trying like- to. I actually looked. <laughs> I, I actually looked over this. I, I I missed this part actually. So so Yuga Labs is honestly taking the position that they are not related to ApeCoin and the DAO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, well, I mean, the, yeah. They they don't have that. There are members of the DAO that sort of sit in the foundation because, you know, you, 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 these things can never be completely centralized, right? So they have certain people in the the DAO, and they all own apes, and and um, but Yuga Labs employees don't sit on the DAO, the decentralized autonomous organization, the Ape DAO. Um, and they say that the DAO launched the token. You know, I kind of, I, you know, I, I wrote this comparison where it's like, you know, it's like the ventriloquist and the dummy that sits on the, the lap and, and you know, uh, Yuga Labs is doing the talking, but we're supposed to believe it's, I, I'm you know. Like in, so, so basically, how do, they, how do they square up the fact that other than like, the big VCs who got a nice little handful of the ape coin tokens. Mm-hmm. How do they square the fact that the only people who got um, these ape coin tokens, again, other than those bigwigs, were people who had to own Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs, run, of course, by Yuga Labs? Like, it's a question. Make, how do they like? Like, how do so they, they square they that? The, they have a distribution of this coin, right? And and um, a, a percentage goes to people that already hold board ape nfts so so what it was is they wanted to make sure that also that people who have board ape nfts hold them you know because you don't want people selling them because then they might find out well the secondary market doesn't exist you know i can't <laughs> too many people sell them all at once the price crashes because there's nobody there to buy them and then you know so i mean um they seem to want to keep the the price of the the board ape NFTs uh, above $200,000 in Ethereum. Probably the sweet spot is $250,000, but they don't like it when it falls below $200,000. Anyhow, um, so some of these incentives, like, you know, a lot of, and I spoke to some, I spoke with some of the um, people that hold the Board Ape tokens, right? And they were holding out for this this ape coin you know so that's an incentive to get people to hold on to their board apes is this promise that you're going to have more free money dropping into your lap just by holding this but i'll tell you that some of the people some of the folks some of the investors that bought board apes really early for the for the early price they 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 flipped it and got out right away you know probably made a hundred thousand or more dollars if they got in early you know pranksy bought like over a thousand of them and then sold them right away so uh, Pranksy was a, a well-known NFT investor and he started buying up all these bar da- board apes. People saw him buying out, they rushed in. Yeah. So he'd buy them and then he sold them right away. You know, I, I'm trying but to think of like a, 
I'm trying to think of like an equivalent scenario. Like I'm like like if uh, I don't know if McDonald's sold a dangerous Happy Meal toy, and then to avoid lawsuits, they were just like, "Oh no, the toy just comes with the Happy Meal that we sell. We don't have, yeah. we don't have anything to do with the toy." <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's so- all it's all kind of a game, you know. It, it's it, but the thing you want to you always want to keep in mind is that and and there's no there's nothing new here. There's nothing new that hasn't happened in in cryptocurrency in this whole space you know, since 2010 or whatever. Um, there's always been tokens. People try to find a way to to justify the value of these tokens. Um, some people get allotment of tokens early. The ones that get an early make the money. The ones that get stuck later on, you know, when the price crashes, they kind of lose out and they're, they're stuck um, holding the bag. Right. Uh, so it, it's always that. It's always like we're going to create a token. The token itself, whether it's an NFT or a, a, a fungible token, has no inherent value. Um, if it's an NFT, it's just a pointer to something on the blockchain. I mean, uh, elsewhere on the Internet, on a website or somewhere that could easily move. Um, it doesn't pass along copyright or anything like that unless it's expressly written out in a written contract. And, um, and fungible tokens, you know, it's, it's not like a share in a company that's making a product or, or offering a service where the, you know, this is a company that's making profits. Yuga Labs is in the business of convincing you that <laughs> these NFTs and these tokens have some sort of value that they absolutely do not. Do- you know, there is nothing, you uh, know, uh, other than what people are, are, are willing to, to pay for them. Right. 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 And if I too mean, many people sold board apes too fast, you know, if they didn't, you know, then I I don't see how, you know, the, the that added uh, you know, incentive maybe that you mentioned where it sort of encourages people to hold on to the apes as to not sell. I, I don't see how that's not manipulation in some in some fashion. Um mm-hmm. but you know, do, do, have you heard from the common uh, common. Again, we're talking about uh, an NFT project where these apes sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, at this point, all these people who are in are are, are somewhat uh, come from, have money of somewhat. Um, but the the regular board ape holder, did did you come across anyone who had issues with how these ape coins were distributed? Because it it seems like you know if this is supposed to be some sort of DAO where every every because uh, let's get to the DAO part of it where it's a DAO every uh, coin gives someone a vote and obviously if these tokens right. are distributed unevenly at the very beginning right. you're so already that's the whole problem with DAOs right. in, in, to begin with is it's kind of a joke because um to have um for your you, you know so the DAO is a distributed autonomous organization and they they they'll make decisions the DAO will make decisions on certain things having to do with the board a yacht club project you know i don't know what they're deciding now but but that's the idea they they make um uh it's supposed to be democratic and and if you hold ape coin then you can have a vote and the more ape coin that you own the larger the more impactful your vote you know you have a, a much larger um influence on these decisions right so who owns all the ape coin? Well, I mean, Yuga, Yuga founders gave themselves like uh, 80 million, if I remember the numbers right, 80 million ape coins. I mean, Yuga Labs, the company, has a bunch of ape coins. A huge distribution went out to the contributors of the project. 
which includes um, A16Z, you know? So, so, so it's not really democratic at all. It's, it's these, these big holders of ApeCoin that are going to be making all the decisions. So it's kind of meaningless. Right, right. I mean, it feels like if, if these people just, I don't, if, the, the, if these board right. ape holders just, I don't know, tallied the bananas, they would realize right. this is unfair to like what their idea is. I mean, but right. they, they, you know, they're basically, you know, they, they should know what but they're the getting whole, themselves the into whole, at this point. The whole idea is to, to, to make it sound like these coins are um, distributed. Um, they're widely distributed and, and they serve a purpose and a utility. So it, the, the, the DAO is part of the utility. The whole DAO is so that Yuga Labs can distance themselves from this token. So, um, the, it's basically a way of them saying, Hey, you know, you can't sue us, <laughs> um, to the, to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, and, wow. um, and the other part of the utility is this is this is is having these sort of games where uh, ApeCoin plays a role in the games, like you know, Benji Bananas. Benji Bananas <laughs> is the game that they're part. This, is, this is like brand is new, and they didn't, right? They didn't even make it, right? They basically bought out a company who already had a Benji Bananas game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Benji Bananas game, and they're going to incorporate um, ApeCoin in their play to earn game. And and I don't know if people realize that these play to earn games are not really a good thing. You know, a lot of um, the people in the game community don't like this at all because games are supposed to be for entertainment purposes, you know, and all of a sudden you monetize a game and, and, and people are playing to earn money on these. And it's sometimes it's, it's in places of the world where uh, individuals will see this as a job and they, they start to, I mean, try to earn money, and then what happens is these tokens are really volatile, and they can run into, uh, you know, have to borrow money, and it starts to get kind of messy. So, I mean, to me, when you start playing a game for real money, that's called gambling, and that has a whole set of yes. regulations that need right. to be right. I mean, like. <laughs> For real, I mean, this is just it's it's unbelievable the way they it's also quite, kind of unbelievable how they are getting away with it. Like, I assume eventually somewhere down the road, I think this will... I think I think that's the thing that uh, that gets that gets me and bothers a lot of people is we saw this whole initial coin offering business in 2017 where all these companies were coming along and they were launching uh, fungible tokens, ERC 20 tokens on Ethereum and and creating these projects and just with a, a white paper or some promise about something was going to happen in the future and they were doing these initial coin offerings and and raising like outrageous sums of money in a very short period of time and and i mean it was outrageous really when the sec stepped in and you know they said you know hey if you're going to do this you can expect you know to get a wells notice from us um, in fact, uh, there was the original DAO decentralized in 2016. I mean, that has crashed stupendously when it was hacked. And the SEC came out later with an investigative report. And they said that the governance, that the token for that DAO, the token um, that was used to make voting decisions, that, that it was a, it was a, an unlawful security. And um, it's so it's like why you know I just I don't know what I mean the SEC 
just seems to move very slowly, um, you know, with some of these tokens. It's it's discouraging, frankly. No, I especially so so for people like me that have been in the space for a long time that really thought maybe this nonsense was going to come to an end, and then to see that it's not only has it not come to an end, it's just sort of like, you know grew to a disgusting, yeah. uh, you know, right. heights that so right. it's and, really and unbelievable. So it's the NFTs. So it, the NFTs, the whole craze around the NFTs is just given birth to all these decentralized, um, autonomous organizations and they all got their governance tokens. It's also coming out with these people that are, um, creating, um, fractionalized, uh, that are fractionalizing their NFTs by coming out with tokens that represent a high value NFTs. Because once again, it's, it's really hard to find a market. There's not a lot of liquidity in these high value NFTs. It's very hard to find a one-to-one, uh, you know, buyer for right. these. So at some point, you know, fungible tokens play an important role. And that's when the investors come in because Andreessen Horowitz doesn't, isn't, isn't, risking anything when they when they you know give yuga labs uh, hundreds of millions of dollars and get ape coin in return because they just ultimately cash out on the ape coin but it's yuga labs and the founders of yuga labs that you know could could get in trouble with the security exchange uh commission i mean but in some cases what we see is is uh these companies just move ahead with their token i doubt Yuga even even reached out to the SEC beforehand, you know, um, you know and uh, I, maybe they'll just pay a huge fine and that'll be it. But right. by then, you know, A16Z is already cashed out. I mean, uh, you know, Mark Andreessen, look, in October, um, he bought a $177 million home on Malibu. So he's doing okay. Oh, yeah. They're more than okay, I would say. Right. Uh, you know, the, the thing to me about the ape coin with the board apes is that you know people got into the board ape who if you got into the board ape early uh, the board ape uh, nfts early maybe that's a few hundred bucks you had on the line uh further down it, it sort of constricts restricts i should say who can actually buy in and if you're buying a a six figure uh, receipt to a cartoon ape. Nobody can buy in. Nobody can go. Who who can buy a two hundred thousand dollar board ape? And that's the floor price. Nobody right. can. Exactly. So if you do have that money to spend, you already come from money. So you know if they lose something, it's probably not a lot to them. If this all goes under, and, and the... who who's gonna buy a two thousand dollar two hundred thousand board uh, ape for to go to a warehouse party? Right. But then you know, the, or then... or the, the, you know, it, it's just. But this is what makes the ape coin so much more nefarious to me. Because it lowers that buy-in, so people who were all, were cut out and didn't have money to lose on board apes, who you know maybe that floor price actually saves them from being you know screwed over down the road. The ape coin doesn't have that. Like the price is low enough where people who don't have money to lose, who get who buy into the hype can really lose a lot and, and their lives could be ruined if, you know, if and when ApeCoin flounders sure. and they've bought in. Yeah. I mean, eventually it'll become like all these tokens become just sort of worthless at one point, but there's so much liquidity behind it with Coinbase. I don't know actually who's buying it. Um, like I said, actually 40% of it is being traded on Binance. So I don't know. All right. I was actually, I just saw the, the other day, uh, Yuga Labs announced that they were, they raised 
$450 million on a $4 billion evaluation. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me was that was specifically, at least from the, the uh, reports that I read, to build like a a bored ape version of the metaverse. And you know, yeah. that's, that's so... Because to me, like Facebook's metaverse right. is already just right. like a, a a bunch of marketing junk. There's nothing there, but well, there's there's something there. Like they at least have they have you know the 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 I guess it's the Meta Rift now or whatever the hell their mm. their goggles are called, the um you know the virtual reality headset, and they do have like software that they've built. There's there's something there, but. We're being told now that it's like the most amazing of, of text, like the, the tech mumbo jumbo bullshit, where it's like uh, Yuga Lab is going to build this competitor, this alternative to that. OK, what have they got? Nothing. There's nothing there. And they've got $450 million. Like, yeah. So they're going to get it big into games now and something blah, 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 metaverse, blah, 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 Web3, right? Again, this is all this is all about. How do we how do we justify the existence of this token that we're that we're we're betting will make us rich? Right. You know, how do we get people to to buy ApeCoin? You know, a lot of that ApeCoin, by the way, I said that the there's a, a one one billion in supply and they've locked up uh, a good portion of it and they'll release it slowly into circulation over I think 48 months, right? Right. So there's 131 million in circulation right now. Jeez. So, you know, oh, really quick, actually, you'd mentioned the, those, uh, those, uh, the, the games that they're going into, the NFT pay to earn games. Whenever, whenever I hear about pay to earn games, I always think of um, when I was, you know, first researching, uh, I think Axie Infinity. And I found out that there were like like you had mentioned that there are people you know in other countries and like you know developing nations where they actually sort of play this as a job because it's 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 a way to earn a little bit of money for for some sort of living uh, that you know a standard of living in that country. Um, but then yeah. I was reading that like the the entry fee to a game like Axie Infinity was you have to buy the NFT to actually right the same with Benji Bananas Benji Banana <laughs> right it's it's so Benji high. Benji. <laughs> right, Benji banana, Benji bananas, Benji bananas, right? But for, I how, think it's did, a game where a monkey did, goes swinging vine to vine through the through the jungle collecting bananas. Um, but you have to play, you have to buy an NFT to get into the game. So you have to you have to actually pay to get into the game to begin what? with. So you're already sinking money to get in there. And, and uh, most people are probably going to do this because they, they need the money or they, they think they can really make money off this. Right, it's but not was, for the enjoyment of the game. I mean, I, it's really kind of, absolutely. Uh, that's But then I was reading that there are whole like grifts going on where in those developing nations and people can't afford that entry fee via the NFT, they apply for a scholarship, a scholarship. They go into debt. They go into debt. To they even, go into debt. To Take out a, a student <laughs> loan. It's for, not to funny. Pl- you know, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, it is. It's 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 one of those things where you laugh because it's, it's so it's, sad. It's, like it's, it's so just, demented. And and yeah. and here's the thing though: to pay back the loan, and plus interest, these 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 uh these people who get the scholar the scholarship, sort of go into like this in-game indentured servitude where. Every time they earn something, a percentage of that goes to the person who gave them the scholarship. 
So it's like this, this like it's predatory not, loan terrible. to play a it's game, to play a game. <laughs> so this is what they're promoting. Right. This is what, this is what Yuga Labs is about. And, and people don't understand that they see the monkeys and the apes and the cute cartoons and that sort of thing. And, 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 um, I, you know, you just dig, dig a little bit deeper and, you know, you kind of understand that this is about uh, a, a balloon and filling it with a hot air and trying to convince people that NFTs have money and and these tokens are worth something. So certain individuals can 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 get rich, you know, but at the end of the day, there's there's a lot of people who end up getting hurt with these kind of schemes. Right. And and I think that's the mo that's the part that's that's most upsetting is that uh, very often these these coins um, end up worthless uh, but by then it, and I'm I, I have no doubt that at some point apecoin is just not going to be worth anything um, either that or that they won't have any liquidity because the, nobody's going to be able to list it because at some point the regulator's going to step in and say hey you know you can't you can't do this um, and there are a lot of people that are going to be left holding the bag and maybe, sadly, that's often when the Security and Exchange Commission does step in is when people get hurt. Um, right. But if they had taken stronger action before all this, maybe they could have done something to prevent it. Um, but I uh, don't see that happening. Right. I mean, you already um, see people in various ways uh, from Bored Ape specifically get hurt because because they're such a high-valued NFT uh, token. Um they're targeted for so many of these like hacks and you you constantly I feel like you constantly see on on Twitter at the very least people going like my apes were stolen someone my stole apes. my apes my apes are gone <laughs> my apes are gone it's my like apes what are gone. And, I and think some there was one, one person even in even in the um uh collecting somebody did some kind of scheme where they were able to borrow somebody's mm. apes and then collect just long enough to collect their ape coin. And, you know, um, there were a lot of people, ape coin that launched on March 17th and the very same day, all these exchanges were listing ape coin. So they, they just, they got, you know, did they reach out to FinHub or anything or see if maybe this would be okay? I don't know. That's not um, a usual thing either for a brand new coin like that, a brand new token to be, to be listed, listed across all quickly. those exchanges. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it was really strange. Yeah. But it tells you something about stuff, what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, there is, you know, um, Coinbase doesn't have to register with the SEC as a broker dealer or a, or a um, you know, like a stock exchange would or, or it doesn't have any registrations with the SEC. So they, they don't have clear boundaries on, you know, the, the rules aren't as clear between, I mean, Coinbase has its own venture arm. It's, we don't even always know that the, the coins that they've invested in or sometimes the, the coins that they're listing on their um, site. So there's just a lot of stuff going on that really shouldn't be going on, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, one one thing that was another thing I should say we've already been through more than one thing uh, that's been controversial with these uh, board a yacht club guys, and that's uh, the one I want to talk about now. Though is the whole brouhaha that happened when BuzzFeed News dared to look at 
public. Oh, that was a the, shame. Yeah, the public records for the that was really upsetting. Right. Business. So the right. the board apes founders were going under um, pseudonyms, um, Gordon Goner, and I can't remember the others. Um, oh, the they, other one was Gargamel because I know from the Smurfs, what? right? Gargamel because of the Smurfs. Gargamel, right. Gordon Goner, um, right? Those are the two main founders, and they didn't they didn't reveal their real names. Um, and people were wondering who are these people behind this Board Apes project because they're making a lot of money. And now we're hearing that they're in talks with or Andreessen Horowitz to get a lot of funding. You know what's going on? Who are these people? And so BuzzFeed, <clears throat> the BuzzFeed reporter. Um, Katie, do you, how do you say your last name? Uh, Katie. Uh, not a polis, something. I, Katie, not a polis. Yeah, something. <laughs> she has a, a very, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this woman and, and BuzzFeed went and they looked at public records and found out the names of the uh, the founders. Um, and they, they wrote about it in BuzzFeed. And then there was this backlash because the founders said, oh, you've doxed us. And that was really an interesting term to use because it, they weren't doxed. I mean, their names were in public documents um it wasn't that hard to find out who they were and they really had a responsibility to let the public know who they were anyway but what happened is the way they reacted to it is that it brought a lot of uh uh, it was very aggressive it brought it directed a lot of hate uh, and harassment towards this female reporter and i found that really disturbing you know it just it said a lot about who the founders of yuga are um Did, did I just see... I found that really disturbing. Yes, you know, they, they should have the term... they should have said, hey, it's no big deal. First of all, they should have they should have let the public know who they were from the get go. I mean, it was just absurd. And secondly, once that happened, they should have they should have stepped up and said, hey, yeah, no big deal. You know, good on her for finding out who we are. But instead, they were very aggressive. They made it into this big deal. Uh, they, they went on saying that they were doxxed and they directed a lot of aggression towards this woman, which was absolutely, uh, it was disgusting. Yes, absolutely disgusting. Absolutely. Did, you yeah. see, did you see that interview? I forget. It was with some like overly uh, pro-crypto advocate outlet um, where the Yuga Lab CEO, Nicole Munez, uh, was like, she was acting like the the reveal of the uh, Board Apes founders' uh, identities was was yeah, something. She was, she was playing into it too. Yeah, and you know, was, I I don't I, know if she's just been brainwashed or uh, she's bought into it as well. But she was just, you know, she was playing it up too and, and going on. I mean, for God's sake, they, they their names have already come out. You know, let it go and move on. Right. And instead, but, they they just sort of kept going with this. You know, and I I just it was repulsive. It really? was, it was, the whole thing was like, oh, but they're families. It's like, are you kidding me? No, these are, that's yeah, just a bunch of a bunch yeah. of uh, you know. It was absolutely ridiculous. But I think it says it, it was it was it was disgusting. I I don't know. Right. It's horrible. I, I think it says a lot about Who the does space. That? Right. I think it's a lot about the space though. Like I'm not just bringing it up because you know to to pile on this very specific case, but the 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 whole like NFT crypto community online was sort of like rallying for them too, as if there is some sort of like the whole thing about crypto is supposed to be, for, according to these guys, that this is gonna take over everything in the future of uh, these companies is supposed to be taking over every industry. Crypto fixes that. Crypto fixes this. But you don't want us to know who the the people pulling the strings are. For, but they're going to be controlling everything. It's very, yeah. you know, it's a very their bizarre. names are going to come out eventually. And it, they were on the, the, you know, you know, what was the big deal? Right. 
I right. mean, really, if they would act like grown-ups, then yeah. Uh, so so let's let's get to the the celebrity thing. We mentioned that earlier that there were there's like the, the, this this clip went viral a couple of months ago where Paris Hilton went on Jimmy the, Fallon Jimmy and Paris Fa- Hilton were, were yeah. shilling their board apes. Well, you have to understand that um, uh, there are um, a lot of links between the entertainment industry and and NFTs and crypto, and there's a lot of money being invested in different companies. So, you know, nobody should be too surprised that celebrities are buying NFTs, you know? Yeah, but, Um, you know, if there was, I forgot who, I think it was, um, and they're great promoters, you know, like I said, (laughs) church of Scientology, they, they tapped into celebrities too. They're great promoters. Um, they have money, so they'll, they'll, they'll buy an, an ape coin or somebody helps them buy them. Um, and, and you don't have to worry about them turning around and selling it, you know? So right. I'm sure that the Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton, you're just doing part of what they thought their job was promoting these bored apes. But I, you know, <clears throat> Jimmy Fallon, I mean, Jimmy, can't you just kind of dig a little bit more below the surface and kind of get a understanding the bigger picture of what's happening here? Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know if they care. I don't, cause there's a reporter, a, a writer. They don't care enough. <laughs> Right. Max Reed, he basically drew a line from because he basically drew a line from all these celebrities to this big Hollywood agency, talent agency, uh, create a uh, CAA. Um, the CAA. Creative Artists. Yeah. And they've invested in they've invested in OpenSea, which is the biggest platform for um, trading NFTs. Right. 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 Exactly. Like it's it's this big I don't know, like sort of self-filating circle of people who are just uh, getting money from this and like a certain, it's, 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 you know, it's yeah. so bizarre. Like, and you know, they're, it's, and Reese Witherspoon, well, I, I that, that's that one the celebrity. the scary thing right now, Matt, is the amount of money that's being funneled into this whole space. Um, and you just see it every day. I mean, the amount of money that's going into Web3 and um the metaverse and this uh, you know what metaverse you know what software what is it you know what am i going to dress like a board ape and in my second life i'm going to go to the bank and deposit a check i mean honestly how's that gonna work (laughs) i mean right yeah it's it's you know, it's really like a dystopian sort of landscape when you got these celebrities pushing this stuff. And as I was going to say, you know, Reese Witherspoon is married to like one of the head agents at uh, CAA. Right. If you're wondering why she's been pushing NFT so hard. Uh, one thing I thought was really interesting was when Paris Hilton was on the Jimmy Fallon show and she mentioned how like her team took her board ape and gave it like a, a, a visual where when you took its hat off the they put blonde hair on the ape and it yeah. flowed down when they took the hat off and then a couple of days later Gwyneth Paltrow posts a gif of her board ape doing the same thing the hat comes I, off the hair yeah, it's like the I, same I think team. that the big question is who's uh, you know are they buying these uh very expensive nfts on their own is somebody encouraging or influencing them to buying or is somebody gifting to them are they promoting something without uh, disclosing what's going on behind the scenes, you know, or, right. or what they're getting in return or, you know, what, what's going on here. Cause this just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Does it Matt? Why, right. why would Jimmy Fallon want to buy an NFT? Why would Gwyneth Paltrow 
even be interested in this this stuff, you know. And, you but know, they, they 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 become wonderful promoters for it, you know. I mean, they're and there's not much regulation like we've been talking about on this space specifically, but there are rules about how celebrities or even online influencers can promote stuff and how they have to disclose, and that counts for anything. And this should technically be included in all that. So if they're getting paid and presenting this as like, you know, I just bought this board ape on my own when it was really paid for and sent to them by a company wanting to promote this, that's that's right. violating those rules. Right. So I don't think that the public knows, maybe doesn't have the full story on, on what's going on here. Right. You you heard about the Justin Bieber one where basically um, his, uh, a partner of, like a, a partner of his in like their, their fashion business sent, yeah. him, sent him money to buy a bored ape. Send him money. To, yeah. was, the money wasn't coming from him. So it's just not clear what the money trail is or who's really buying some of these NFTs and, and why they're, why they are promoting them. Right. So do, where do you, where do you think this is all headed? Do you think I mean you, you mentioned earlier that you think eventually like the SEC will catch up? Well, there's up. there's a yeah well there's a lot of money in the space. There are you know there are VCs that are paying for these NFT platforms. They're putting money into these NFT platforms. NFTs are traded. Um, consensus you know um, that's linked to Ethereum, the big uh, the company that makes now they that makes software that Ethereum runs on and MetaMask the wallet. Um, they just got a huge round of funding too. So there's just hundreds of millions of dollars that's being sunk into some of these, you know, this whole industry right now. Um, and, and the goal is for the investors to, um, you know, kind of prop up the value or, or the, the, the value of these tokens so that they can cash out. You know, if you're, if you're a venture capitalist, right. Um, the old way of doing things is you put money into a startup company and then you late, wait for a liquidity event where the company's bought up or it goes through an IPO or whatever. And that can take a long time to happen. You don't see a return on your investment sometimes for years. Sometimes you don't have any return on your investment. Right. And, and when you invest in a company and you get tokens in return, like ApeCoin, that's a sure bet. You know, you get those tokens listed on exchange. I mean, that's instant liquidity. You just go and dump all your coins on, you know, no retailers, even though the product may have never even materialized. It's still existing in a concept, you know. I mean, and I think right now, Yuga Labs has all this money, and it's just going to be a juggling game um, to keep creating some utility, you know, one day, you know, now they're the one day it's like, oh, it's a key to culture. What does that mean? What does that mean? Right. Even it's, it's a key to commerce. It's a it's going to get you to into, into warehouse parties in Brooklyn. Well, you know what? People who had NFTs, it didn't even work for that. You know, that didn't even get them into the warehouse party. They were oh, just wearing that, wristbands, right? Oh, so right. NFTs, they don't do anything that they've been promised to do. They don't safeguard your work as an artist. Um, you don't make a lot of money on them. Um, you know, they don't get you into parties. <laughs> they don't do anything. You know, these tokens that, that... have no value. But the but the game here is to keep to keep the illusion going, and and that's why Yuga's got all this money so they can create games or whatever. And sort of keep it going until the ape coins are unlocked and these investors can then cash out. And then what happens? I don't know. Right. I love that. I totally forgot about the uh, the Brooklyn party where they basically – people even snuck in because they just got their hands on those those bracelets. You, they, they, they weren't holding board ape NFTs. 
Sure. Yeah. So that was one of the perks was the parties. And they had actually, Yuga Labs did a big party on a yacht club. And they did a big party at a warehouse in Brooklyn. They had, you know, Beck and Little Baby. And <laughs> <laughs> I forget I forget who else was there. Comedians and, and big time entertainers and, you know, free drinks. And that's yeah. what you get for a $250,000. And that's the floor price. Right. of a, That's the cheapest board ape you can buy. Cheap. What a world. What a world. Uh, Amy Castor. What a world. <laughs> yeah. Amy Castor, independent writer uh, on NFTs and crypto, uh, ape expert, if I may add. Um, mm -hmm. what, 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 where can people find you online? Take a minute to oh, let so Amy... I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I have a website, amycaster.com. I have a, a Patreon account, you know, if, if you want to subscribe for the cup of, price of a cup of coffee or hey, premium coffee beans, whatever you want to, um, support the work. Um, we appreciate it. Um, what do you got? Do we you appreciate got... it. We, we, I'm saying <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's other crypto skeptic, me and my dogs appreciate it. Um, <laughs> do, what, what do you, you got any, uh, interesting, uh, thing in the, in the work, some, uh, report on something that we should know about any, uh, uh... ape uncovering or anything like that? Any, uh, you know, I'm just trying to put the whole NFT story together right now. And, and over the past week or so, I've been looking at the history of NFTs. So I'm a little, you know, and the more you look back, the more you realize nothing has changed. Right. Yeah. I still feel like, you know, I, you know, I, 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 th I still feel like it's more than just right place at the right time for board apes. I still feel like it just... Something in my sure. gut tells it's me like, just, it's, it's, it's not sort organic of like all to these, me. All these tokens, Matt, they're sort of like Ponzi schemes. It's sort of like there's no value there. They're not producing anything. It's about uh, the people that get out soon, you know, and, and who's left holding the bag. And, you know, there's just money coming in. And that money coming in goes to pay investors who are cashing out. But there's nothing else that's there, you know. Right. And eventually it just sort of runs out of steam. Thanks for joining me, Amy. It was it was great. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. I uh, hope you would uh, you'll you'll join me again soon on a future episode. There's there's a lot Absolutely. to discuss in this world. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. All right. Have a nice evening. That monkey business, huh? Well, that wraps things up for this episode of Scam Economy. But before I let you go, before I jump into the various different places where you can find this show online and support this show online. I wanted to read uh, a review that I got on uh, Apple Podcasts. Now, I ask you guys to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify all the time, and that's great. And I, I encourage you to leave a review that matches how you really feel. I, I would like a five-star review, but if you think it's a four-star, three-star, two-star, one-star show, then that's you. Your opinion is your opinion. That's cool. But the first bad review we received, and it's still a three-star review, so even someone who's upset with me, uh, still a, a crypto advocate, I should add, a crypto fan who's upset with me, still couldn't bear to give me less than a three-star, so I'll take that as a win. Uh, but again, that's not the part that, that I'm bringing this, that's, that's not the reason why I'm bringing this up. Uh, Compelling but lacking, it says. That's that's your your call. That's cool. As some not cool, but that's your call. As someone who listens to this show for counterpoints to my beliefs, I would genuinely like to hear stronger arguments. To each its own, yes. More ep most episodes contain more boogeyman fear mongering than researched theses. All right, I disagree that too, but okay. But now here here's where uh, this is why I'm bringing it up. 
Some smart conversations with the opposition would go a long way. I will continue listening and hope the show starts to sway me. Well, I appreciate you continuing to listen, and I hope the show does start to sway you. Uh, But some smart conversations with the opposition would go a long way. Now, maybe this is my fault because I have a history of being not so good at promoting or marketing my projects, my podcasts, my YouTube channel, whatever it is that I'm doing. I'm not very good at getting in front of people's eyes. Uh, I would never be a good uh, crypto promoter or NFT shill because it would, frankly, promotion of anything sort of makes me feel kind of dirty. So, you know, that's maybe on me, but... I think you may be missing out on the Scam Economy post-show, the live on YouTube right after this show premieres on YouTube and right after the podcast goes up that first hour on Thursday nights. Well, maybe we'll do it other nights too if people need other nights. Maybe I can do this more. But right now, right after the podcast and YouTube premiere on Thursday nights, I go live on YouTube and I take calls from anybody. Uh, In fact, on every single episode, and this is now episode eight, so on seven post-show episodes so far, we've had at least one pro-crypto caller, crypto advocate, whether it be uh, an NFT artist, an artist who sold NFTs, I should say. Uh, We've had uh, Bitcoin maxis call in. Uh, we've had someone who claims that they've made millions of dollars in crypto, but they didn't sell. So now they've only made a couple hundred thousand dollars in crypto. Uh, and that's just a few people I can remember off the top of my head. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't think of any other show that does this. I haven't found any other crypto show, whether it's Web3, cryptocurrency, NFTs, that does what I'm doing on that post show. Uh, maybe there is a Bitcoin show or a crypto podcast that has, uh, had an interview with one crypto critic. Uh, I haven't come across it, but maybe it's out there. I can't claim to have seen everything, but I don't know of any cryptocurrency show, pro crypto show, I should add, that has a phone line via Skype, basically a way for anyone to call in and interact with the host and debate them. Or try to convince them on crypto. Maybe it's because I'm really bad at marketing. And maybe Scam Economy Post Show doesn't do it. Uh, does it the service? Maybe that's not. Maybe it's not a sexy name. So I thought about this, and a few uh, post shows ago, we just happened to fall into an episode where caller after caller was telling me about the various crypto dating scams that were trying to, you know. Target them. So maybe really what the post show should be called is like the Scam Economy Crypto Hotline. So folks, after I mentioned the Patreon page at patreon.com slash mattbinder, where you can financially support this show and help me create more and more content, uh, that's the biggest help number one. Or after I tell you about how you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, just go to scameconomy.com for all the links. And after I tell you about how you can follow me on Twitter, at Matt Binder, and after I tell you how thanks to Twitter user at Orwellian, I now have access to the at Scam Economy Twitter account as well, and you can follow the show itself, at Scam Economy on Twitter. 
and after uh, I tell you how you should go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a review, uh, maybe to help balance out the review that I'm talking about on this show. And next show, I'll probably read some positive reviews because that's what they mostly are. But, you know, I guess that's how you get my attention, right? Uh, after I tell you all of that, all of that, I'm going to tell you to join me live on YouTube. And also, I uh, uh, stream the same show. I multicast on Twitch at twitch.tv slash MattBender2. And by the way, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can uh, give me the free Twitch Prime subscription that Amazon uh, gifts you with your Prime subscription every month. Uh, At no extra cost to you, you're basically... Uh, diving into Jeff Bezos's uh, pants, sorry about that, pulling out some pocket change and uh, tossing it over to me. Again, no no cost to you, except, I guess, diving into Jeff Bezos's pockets. But that's just an analogy. Uh, you're not really doing that. Uh, unless, I don't know. But anyway, after I tell you about all that, I'm going to tell you to join me and watch the Scam Economy Crypto Hotline right now at youtube.com slash mapbinder. You can call in. I will drop the Skype username and all that fun information for how you can interact with me. You can leave Super Chats too, which I'll get to if you're watching that uh, live stream live. Right here on YouTube if you're watching, obviously. If you're listening to the podcast, it's not right here. But anyway, right now if you're watching live or you can catch the replay afterwards uh yeah scam economy crypto hotline coming up for you live right now everyone who's listening to the podcast or not watching this live hope you enjoyed and i will catch you next time on the scam economy